Season two, episode one. Episode two. Yeah. <laughs> Season two, episode two. Hey, friends. Welcome to season two, episode two, also known as episode 14 of Beard Songs and Theology. Return of the Jedi. We're back. This is this is the second week in a row that we've done this also. Yeah. We're doing good this year. It's What's up? So we're making it happen. I think what's going to happen is we're just going to get to 12 and be good. <laughs> Once we get 12, 12 is our quota. Once we get to 12, so we'll we're on a race to 12. 2000. If that uh, takes us, you know, 18, 12 weeks or 52 weeks, <laughs> we'll get, we may do three a week. You never yeah, know. We'll get, but we will get you 12 episodes yeah. this season. Well, there you have it. Well, I hope everyone's doing well. Um, Man, it's been really busy for me lately. Just like stuff. Yep. The good stuff. Also, in the spirit of manliness, last week, Ryan helped me work on my cars. We did work on your cars. I, I know nothing about cars. Not anymore. Than, but I can't say that anymore because I know things. Do you want to tell them what we worked on? <laughs> yeah, sure. So we changed the oil in both of my vehicles and okay. took apart part of the, the top of my engine okay. in my car. Let's expound on this knowledge. Let's see if you retain some stuff. Okay. So first thing we did was we changed the oil, which you drain the oil. You take out the old oil filter, put a new oil filter in, put new oil in your car. Super simple. It was not that hard. I couldn't do it by myself yet, but next time I can be more hands-on. Yep. And I got an oil change in my car for like $17. Yep. So that was pretty cool. And then my car had been doing some really weird stuff. And so we were doing some investigative looking and we took uh, the cover off. We took the valves out. There you go. And we took spark plugs out. Took the spark plugs out and we adjusted the valves. And we adjusted the valve timing. Not the timing. We adjusted the 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 distance. Yeah, lift. There it is. We adjusted the exhaust valve lift. Mm -hmm. Boom. And now my car works better. Boom. It still didn't fix all my problems with my car, but it's drivable now. Yeah. So I'm still mad, though, because I broke a stud. You did. But it was okay. It happens with 15-year-old cars. In the, in the grand scheme of all the parts we took out, that was probably the least obtrusive yeah. thing that could have happened. It will get fixed soon, though. Yeah. So it was awesome, and I felt super manly. It was cool. And Lionel got to come for one of the cars. Lionel that came. Was fun. He enjoyed it. He thought it was cool. So now he knows as much about cars as I do, (laughs) but it really was fun. And I'm very thankful because I was in a, I was in a bad way and Ryan saved the day for real. So hopefully we can still get it even better. Yeah. Go get that switch moved out. So for those of you who are mechanically inclined, Honda has a VTEC system on their four cylinder and on all their engines. Yeah. Most of them. And basically what that does is, depending on how much load you're putting on the engine, RPM-wise, it'll change your valve lift and a little bit of your valve timing to make more power. So what's happening on James' car is it is not shifting over the valve lift and timing to the higher performance uh, part. And that is caused by a bad switch, which is caused by bad oil and gumminess and getting clogged up. So we're going to see if we can fix that. Yeah, and maybe what happened, at least not a good thing, was that both of our cars had gone through a lot of oil 
and I didn't know that, and they're both low, and I don't know how long that's been. <laughs> so that's probably what did it. <laughs> yeah, but the van is in like it's in great shape. It's rocking and rolling, and I can drive my car now. So yeah. it just has to the, the it has to warm up. You're gonna help me do that to my car now, right? Definitely. It's on my list to do now. Let's do it. So anyway, so I got to do some manly stuff. This is a show about manly things like beards and theology and other things. And, and right. so we worked on cars. That's a, that's a first for me. So James did more uh, like Tim Allen type stuff. Yeah. I did more manly things like James does, like play guitar the other day. Oh. And uh, so I normally don't get out my guitar and just play to play. Yeah. But Ella loves music. Oh, yeah. So I've been rewarding her good behavior with guitar time. Nice. And I'll let her sit in my lap and I'll I'll hold her hand with the pick and I'll strum with her and I'll do the chords and she can play along. We sing some hymns together. That's cool. And she likes Drew Holcomb, so we'll play some Drew Holcomb. Well, but her favorite part is the fun songs like. If you're happy, you know, clap your hands, skin them rink-a-dink. Sure. And I made up some songs for her. Even better. And it was awesome. That's awesome. That's a good reward. When my children uh, are with us and we try to sing, they tell us to stop. (laughs) (laughs) And they want to do it (laughs) themselves. So that's cool. Man. But I used to, when Lionel was little, I would play, um, he has a guitar lately which is kind of like ukulele and kind of like a guitar. It has six strings like a guitar. And I could play that in his room and sing, and he would go to sleep, which is pretty cool. That's awesome. So there you have it. Yeah. So how's how's the beard going? The beard is coming back slowly but surely. The only thing, I hate the midpoint of like transitioning from yeah. a normal business beard to a manly, full-grown gorilla beard. Sure. Because it's like, what do you do with it? It doesn't look, it's too long to look good as a business beard, but it's too short to look good as a long beard. So right now I'm just in that weird stage where it's starting to look like I just don't want to shave and it's I'm a ragamuffin. The, it's the in-between. Yep. It's the not there And this yet. little curly cue I have that we've discussed about before oh, just yeah. makes the stage not fun because mm-hmm. there's nothing you can do. Just kind of, just got to ride it out. It just looks bad yeah. and you just got to be okay with it. That's okay. Because you don't grow a beard in a moment of passion. That's right, GK. So... Chesterton knows best. Chester knows bester. So, <laughs> what about you? Um, Haven't got any white ideas of trimming or nothing, have you? No, I'm just letting it go. It just keeps looking more decent. So, <laughs> pretty soon it's just gonna be like, hey, that's a beard, you know? Cool. You're doing good. So, still just you know, using oils, brushing it out, trying to take care of it. I put some unicorn dust on mine the other day. Nice. Made it fluffier. Well, yeah, obviously. So I'm I'm thinking about experimenting with like some different like oils and and balms and stuff mm-hmm. this year and seeing like what works best for me. But um, yeah, it's going good. It's going good, yo. Good deal. Just Are you gonna grow. make your own? Yeah, I think so. I think I'm gonna try it. Do it to it. It's a project of mine. Once you get the hang of it, it's really not hard at all. Yeah. That's on my list. So we'll see how it goes. We'll keep you updated. Well, what about uh, what about music? Are you listening to music any of these days? I am listening to music these that's, days. That's good. Yeah. You went through kind of a sad period where you're kind of music free. Just lots just kind of worked out that way. Yeah. Well, what are you listening to? Uh, well, we're Ella loves Drew Holcomb. Oh, and, um, great. Elijah loves Drew Holcomb. That's true. 
there's some days where Elijah will not be calm unless Drew Holcomb is on. So we've been listening to a lot of that. And uh, I just bought two Andrew Peterson albums yes. to start listening to. I'm trying, cool. going to try to expand my horizons a little bit. That's and then, awesome. Like any, we're always going to talk about Andy Hole in this podcast. Obviously. So still listen to Andy Hole. Mm, I got out my um, first Manchester Orchestra, like a virgin losing a child vinyl on Friday and listened to it. So good. It was just great. I it, still think that's their best album. It's so good. I mean, everything another thing was better produced. Yes. But the songs are better on. If the production of their of that album was on the first one, it, there would be yeah. no question as to which album was the best. Yeah. But then again, I like the sort of like early developmental angst that it has. Yeah. It's not perfect. I like the drums better early on. Yeah. They switch drummers halfway through. The I that's like the true. first drummer better. It's more syncopated. It's more complex. It's more like musical. Mm-hmm. It's more like an instrument and less of, of a noise machine. Right. Well, so, Andy Andy Hole wanted the guitars to be overbearing, so he said, "See you later, drummer." He succeeded man. in that. Yep. And they are. They still sound good. It's just, oh, so the drums good. would make it sound pretty good too. I, you know. Andy so knows. Andy, when you listen to this, just a suggestion. <laughs> you could bring your other drummer back. Yep. Whatever we put in a good word for him. Yep. We tried. And we're sorry that we didn't get back to you about putting you on the show. We'll try to fix this. Yeah, I know we'll get, you've been asking to be. We'll on get here, our people to call your people. Yeah. Um, yeah, it'll work out. So there you go. Well, Drew Holcomb always a good choice. He does have a new album coming out. He does soon. His wife's album released last week. It did. Red Sea Road. Yeah, it's very good. She's I very talented. To it yet. Ellie's good. She does a good job. It's a good. It's quite a duo there. So. I still think about Drew Holcomb two years ago came to Abingdon and played a free concert that we got to go see. It was so good. It was just so random at the farmer's market in Abingdon. They got Drew Holcomb to come and it was amazing. It totally fit him though. Like there's a train in the background going through. Yeah, it was. And he loved it. He had a great time. And so Drew Holcomb, please come back to Abingdon or Bristol or Kingsport or Johnson City or. Not not Bristol. Okay. But somewhere (laughs) just close. We'll go see. Promise. My last mission is to make the Tri Cities the Bi Cities. <laughs> Get a Nick's Bristol. Yeah. Just send it on to Virginia. The only thing that's good in Bristol is the racetrack. Yeah. You know, speaking of things at racetracks, it made me think about the about the battle at Bristol, which I watched. I also watched almost every UT game this year. I'm proud of you. And I watched the Super Bowl. Which was really devastating. And yeah. Cammy was mad that we stayed up. Because we were pulling for the Falcons because our family, she has family in Atlanta. So as, as someone who's not as entrenched in UT fandom as me, how did this season make you feel? Wow. It was, um, uh, here, all right, here's some honest observations about Tennessee football. Okay. They are good at hype early on. Oh my gosh. That stings. They are not good at supporting their players that oh. well. <laughs> There's a lot of hate for when they do bad. They got a lot of love. It goes so high. Are you talking about fans? Yeah. Okay, that's okay. Yeah, fans. Okay. I got yeah. you now. I'm yes, with you. Yes, fa- UT fandom. Oh, okay. There was a lot of just uh, excitement. And then they won the Battle of Bristol and came back and, you know, kind of beat up Virginia Tech. And it was like roller coaster high. And then they lost a game and it was like, we should fire Butch Jones immediately. <laughs> Everything's bad. It's like, that's rough. Hey, guys, talk. you know. 
let it rot it out a little bit. And then they ended up doing pretty good. It was not a bad year. Oh, see, that's the difference in in you being a first year yeah, Tennessee but follower and me because we lost to Vanderbilt. Okay. Any year that you lose to Vanderbilt at yeah. the University of Tennessee is not a good year. Mm. Okay. Ever. I see. We could win every game. And if we lost to Vanderbilt, it would, I would still cry. be bad. I would still cry. If you won the national championship and lost to Vanderbilt, it would that still would be, be okay. Okay. But I'd still But be anything super short of mad. that. <laughs> like, Okay. Like the coach wouldn't get a ring if he lost to Vanderbilt. Like yeah. you can't have this ring. You're like you, you failed. Up, up. It's like that, like that Geico commercial with the guy at the fishing rod. Oh, got to yeah. be quicker than that. Yeah. Got to beat Vanderbilt. Okay. Well, this see. season was terribly frustrating. I could. I gathered that. This team was good, man. They yeah. They, this was the best team Tennessee's had in a long time. Okay. And they just squandered it. Yeah. Now a lot of that had to do is the fact that we had over twenty injuries. That. Is, that is a problem so, in football. I mean, I give him a break. I don't think you fire Butch Jones at all. No. I think if Butch Jones is just an 8-4 and four coach every year, keep him around, man, for right now. Because you can't afford to go through another 10-year stretch like you just went through. There's, I mean, you gotta you got to like pay all your coaches when you fire them like that. Yep. For a long We're time. We're still paying coaches. Oh. I, I think Butch seems like a good dude. I think he knows what he's doing for the most part and can improve, but – I enjoyed watching it this season. I'll I'm I'm back. I'll be back this year. All right. I got to do a little more like thinking, you know. We'll get more scheming. Into it. Yeah. Now that you've got your first season, we'll start adding some. Yeah. Some more. Concepts I need to be watched with. I need to watch with a little more intention and understanding. Wow, we just talked about football on our podcast. We did At football and fixing cars. I don't know who I am. <laughs> I, it's a new Ugh. year, man. Well, okay, so let's talk about this article that you found. Yeah. This is pretty good. So I was surfing Gospel Coalition the other day and came across this article and it's talking about um, how we interact with technology and some some goals that we can strive for. Yeah. And it lists five revo- uh, resolutions, which you could pretty much call them revolutions in our society now. <laughs> uh, resolution number one, strive for a sharp focus when using technology. Number two, protect Bible reading and prayer time from distractions. Three, don't rush to technological distractions by default. Four, establish proper boundaries with technology. Five, realize the limits of technology. And this is um, written by Kevin Halloran, who I'm not familiar with. Mm -mm. But the article was really good. Yeah, I thought it was really interesting. You know, last week we talked about... um technology and social media and unfollowing people on Twitter and Facebook and all that kind of stuff and um, how we could use technology in a better way. And I like the idea about uh, like, don't, don't rush technological distraction by default. It's like, you know, your phone is just sort of like a, like literally if there's five seconds free, you're like, Oh, I'll just grab my phone real quick. I'm in line to order something to eat. Yeah. Let me look at Instagram. Yeah. Like, what do you want to eat? Hang on. I got to tweet this picture real quick. Right. Yeah. Um, the other day I got something stuck in my lightning port of my phone and it wouldn't charge anymore. And I didn't know that something was stuck in there until I took it and got it looked at. But for like 12 hours, I had no phone and it felt horrible. 
<laughs> we're addicted. It, yeah, it was. I mean, it, it, I recognized that. Like, it wasn't like, well, this is bad. I'm like, oh my gosh, mm-hmm. I'm so dependent on this. I went to bed and I was like, Cammy, I need you to set an alarm for me because <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't have an alarm clock. And then I went to the men's conference that we had on Saturday and I didn't, I couldn't talk to like anybody and tell them things I needed to talk to them about. Luckily, I had my iPad so I could do iMessage. Um, and you so I talked, I know I did, but then I went to go get my phone fixed and I found somebody who was going to look at it and I was leaving the church to go there after we finished with the men's conference and I leave, drive out of the parking lot and I'm like, oh man, what was his address? I was like, oh, I'll just look it up on my not phone because it's because <laughs> I don't have a phone. It's dead. Why? <laughs> How did we oh. ever live without? So him? I pulled back into the church, got on the Wi-Fi, got on my iPad, and took a screenshot of the address so I could find it. Hmm. Um, so yeah, like it was a good reminder that I'm totally like, yeah, obsessed. So I think kind of what this article talks about that relates to that is know the, know the limits. Yeah. So it says many of us suffer from an overexalted view of technology that says using technology or being connected makes everything better. When technology is overexalted, more important things in our lives get diminished, reducing the quality and effectiveness of our life. So I think we got to be careful here. None of us are saying that, you know, it's terrible to use this technology. It's terrible sure. to use a phone. I mean, obviously Google maps makes life a whole lot easier Quicker, totally. more efficient. Yep. I think what what we need to identify though is if I didn't have this phone, how would I be interacting with people? Yeah. If I didn't have this phone, what would I do differently? And if it's causing us to to have negative consequences in our lives, we need to own that and fix it. Mm. We can't just hide our head in the sand. Like it's not your phone's fault that that's happening. Right. <laughs> it's your fault. Exactly. Yeah. That's. Mm. You got to take some responsibility at some point. Uh, it's hard though. It's such a cultural thing too. Like it's so culturally normal, right? Mm-hmm. Like if, if you inserted phone use, like I read an article the other day that said that if they took the average time that people spend on their phone every day, you're doing social media and just checking random things, like not even like not work stuff, mm-hmm. cut email out of it, just social media games, checking things that you could read 200 books in a year with the amount of time average. Yep. So they were like, if you want to read books and you think you don't have time to read books, you do. You're just using it. You're on your phone. So it's time for your weekly da, 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 weekly plug. Boom. How's your book reading going? It's going good. I finished my book, nice. uh, my January book. And Sweet. now I'm reading. Now I finished one. So, Are you going to review it on the next episode of Weekly? Um, on next week's episode, yeah, I think Sweet. I will. This week's episode, interesting enough, was about um, kind of the same idea, and it's called Digital Neighbors in Distant Empathy. Mm. And so... Sounds interesting. Yeah. So if you want to hear me talk more about this idea of... Um, connection and how much empathy we can give to people you can listen to episode six of weekly there you go so have you tried to do any of these resolutions i know we just read the article a couple of days ago but i know you've had some things you've been striving yes. for with social media so, i have so some things i've been trying to do the thing i mean i think the first one was the one that i kind of really resonated with about just a sharper focus when using technology, like using it for something specific mm-hmm. and, and actually doing something 
engaging with something and not just sort of frivolously scrolling forever. Mm -hmm. So I've been trying to be intentional in how I use things, what I share, what I produce, how I engage with people. And then when I am just, when I find myself sort of just scrolling mindlessly and not really caring or just kind of getting distracted, I'm trying to just put it away. So like I turned off notifications from Facebook on my phone so I don't get them when people like like my like my status or comment on something, but I'll get on there and look at all that stuff, interact with it, and, and then put it back. Because mm-hmm. like for me, it's like it's a, Facebook is a great way to stay connected with people to share stuff. Like I can't just be like I'm never using any social media again. Like that right. that's that's not necessarily the answer because that doesn't fix the problem. Yeah, the problem people who do that are dumb. <laughs> as I'm pointing to myself, you're not dumb. That's that's a, it's not a bad thing to do. I'm, I'm still on Instagram. Yeah, see, you're still you're still rolling with it. Yeah. But for me, I realized that my problem was not like, oh, I just look at Facebook too much. It was just like, or it, it not. I'm not saying I only look at Facebook or Instagram or whatever you want to say. Mm-hmm. It was like I'm not doing it with any intention. I'm just, it's just a, jit, think, it's like a jittery thing. I think there's a word that's that's on the tip of your tongue in your soul that's wanting to come out. Yeah, and that word is dwell. Mm. You're right. Would you agree with that? I would totally agree with that. And that's where I'm at. Cool. Kind of what you're saying too is I've I've found myself or and my wife has helped me identify in a lot of cases. Wives are good at that. Yeah. I love you, Jen. Um Love you, Cammy. I've I found that I dwell with social media or I dwell with YouTube or I dwell on just useless things. And so what I'm trying to intentionally do is Instead of just dwelling there, like it says here, I'll have a focus. Like mm-hmm. social media itself is not a bad thing. Right. It's a bad thing when it takes over our lives, right? Or when yeah. we elevate it above other things. That, like it says here, when we diminish the other things, that's when it becomes a problem. Mm. So what I've tried to do is use it as the tool that it is and then put it away, like you said. Yeah. Like I've tried to be more intentional about leaving my phone somewhere. Like it needs to stay on the bedside table and I'm going to be in the den. Yeah. Or... If we're eating, if we're eating dinner or something in the kitchen, not just putting it on the table. Yeah, I read a I read another article with uh, Tiger the other day, and it was talking about how when you put your table on, when you put your phone on the table, <laughs> yeah, when you put a table on your phone, it will crush you're your You're in Doctor Seuss world. <laughs> when you put your phone on the table, what you're subconsciously telling everyone in the room with your body language and with your action is you are not as important as what's going to be coming in on this phone. Yeah. So I don't want to do that. Mm-hmm. So it's just something to be aware of. That's something good. to think about. Yeah. Like what signals are you non-verbally sending just by like present? The presence of your phone is literally saying like, "Hey, this is cool," but if something comes up, like I'm gonna, I'm gonna take that. Right. <laughs> yeah, that's a good thought. So change, and the easiest way to change something is to change your behavior. So if you want to change the way you think about things, if you want to change like your um, emotions and how you process things or learn a new skill, the easiest thing to do is change your behavior. So if you want to like look at your phone less, you could resolve to do that or you could just put it in your pocket every time you're sitting at the table. Like that's a good step that you can just sort of default to. That is a good practical step. Yeah. But I think as we do that practical step, we have to remember that we're never going to change our behavior unless we change our desires. Mm. And that's a much harder thing to do. Yeah. That's a whole nother level. Yeah. 
Hmm. That's good. That makes me think too, that when, when we're talking about changing our desire for something, I think we first have to sort of be, um, like awakened to the idea that <laughs> yeah. it needs to be different, you know, like something needs to happen to jar you out of that slumber. Mm-hmm. And, and we're talking about technology. We're talking about social media, but it could be anything, yep. right? You get stuck in this pattern and, um, even if you say like, oh, no, I need to stop doing that. I need to stop doing this or that, you know. But until you have some sort of experience of like, whoa, there it is. Right there in my face. I got to change something. Until it's more painful for you to change. Mm. And until it's more painful for you to stay the same, you'll never change. Yeah. That's what Ben Shounce says on his, his podcast all the time. That's a good word, Ben. Shout out. Shout out to Arrowhead Church. Two minute think through. We like you. True that. So, so we're not going to change the world. No, and kill social media. That's not what we want to do. Right. Social media is a good thing. Yeah. When it's used the right way. Exactly. Let's make sure we're using it the right way. Let's let's not seek to be anti culture, counter culture, anything. Let's be culture influencers. Yeah. Let's be culture makers. Yeah. Let's show people a different way. Yeah, like let's let's use social media and use the things that are available to us as tools to accomplish something bigger than ourselves yep. instead of letting them consume us. Because yep. they will eat you. It will destroy you. True that. Every technology. I think the hard thing for me is I'm around kids all day. Yeah. So they're seeing how I interact. Ooh. And everyone everyone wants to throw off on millennials, but when I go to Cracker Barrel, you know who I see on their phones? Mm-hmm. Aunt Betty yep. and Uncle, Uncle Sue. Yep, playing Candy Crush. Yep. I see it. So they're there. Come on, Uncle Sue, get off your phone. That's a good. That's a good word, though. That no matter what age you are, unless you're like a newborn, <laughs> there's someone younger than you who's looking up to you and who's mm-hmm. watching you. So I've, I've tried to be more conscious about that. And we had that's youth good. over to eat lunch with eat lunch with us the other day, and I, I was kind of talking to him about some of this thing, some of these things, and then I catch myself like I'm looking at my phone when I'm talking to them about something. I'm like, what are you doing? Like, <laughs> like I don't you, even realize what I'm doing. You guys are on your phone all the time. And let me just yeah. read you this article. I'm talking about right. being on your phone all the time <laughs> on my phone. Like, uh, yeah. like Ellie was leaving and I didn't even hear her say goodbye because I was posting a picture of what we were doing. So I was, <laughs> I was taking myself out of the moment to show other people the moment. Yeah. That's messed like, up. Like, look at this awesome community. What you left? <laughs> right. That is messed up. Yeah. There's 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 things wrong that we need to fix. Mm. There you go. So we don't have the answers, but we're working on it. There you go. We're trying. <laughs> we are at least aware of it. We are woke to this issue. Oh no. <laughs> you just triggered me. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. My well, kids at school love that word now. I, yeah, I I never used that, so this seemed like a good opportunity. My kids are two and three, so they don't care. I don't have any middle schoolers around. You just wait. I know. Seriously. Well, I was going to come home from preschool and be like, Dad, did you know that the killer whales are not where they used to be because of people? (laughs) He has learned about killer whales at school, which is cool. But they didn't talk about where they came from or where they go. So anyways, well, thank you for listening to season two, episode two slash Episode 14 of Beard Songs and Theology. We're on our way to 12 this year. There you go. We're just rolling through like a freight train. Yep. If so. you have a suggestion for someone you want to hear on the show, oh yeah, send it in. Email us, Ryan, 
ryan at isbc.org yeah, or, or james at isbc.org. Yeah, let us know. If you haven't reviewed us on iTunes, please take a moment and do that. It's so helpful. If you it really have, is. If you have any topics that you want to hear discussed, write us a letter. 325 Hill Road, Kingsport, Tennessee, 37664. Shoot it our way. Attention to BST Podcast. That's right. One and only. And if you you know, want to find us on iTunes or anywhere else, if you search Beard Songs and Theology, you will get no other podcast than this one. That's we, right. We have the market share. So. Keeping it original since 2016. Right. OG, man. Well, have an awesome week. We may see you next week. We might so. pull it off. We could pull off the three the three peat. We have to do it next week because uh, impact is the. Week That's true. That. Then we're busy. Do you do you want to tell them why you're so busy for impact? I don't think we've discussed. I, this, I haven't really have we? told the world this. Yeah. Okay. So I have this really awesome opportunity, and that is that I get to run sound for impact, which is a, a local disciple now weekend at a at a local church. And um, at first, I thought I was just going to get to run it for like the kind of the house band, some of the worship oh no. leaders. Oh, no. But then they let, the people let me know. know that I was going to run sound for Tripoli, Matt Papa, Aaron Keys, and 10,000 Fathers. You're going to do it for Manolo. Oof. So I am all kinds of excited and also freaking out a little bit because I really respect all of these artists and admire them and feel like it's a huge honor that they would even ask me. Um yeah, so I'm pumped. So I'm going to be unavailable that week, glued to the soundboard. It's going to be super cool. So I'm pretty excited. Um, if you're, you know, around Impact, man, it's going to be awesome. We're bringing like a hundred kids from our church too. So yeah, we are. It's going to be great. It's going to be a wild, fun, crazy time. So there you go. We'll do an episode next week, and then we'll take a week off. So until next time, beard, beard on. on.